welcome to Deer Head Studios. This is 40 Below Zero, an international podcast about living with multiple sclerosis. I'm your co-host, Nick, and with me as always is my good friend, Terry. We're so glad all of our fellow MS warriors and supporters are here with us, so let's get into it. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Terry, how are you? I'm good, man. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Today, we are talking friendships mm. and how they have changed since diagnosis. Um, I know that you have quite the story because you have reset your friendships with pretty much everybody, right? Yeah, I did. I did. I mean, everybody's got a story. Um, I don't know what your story is yet, but... I was the type of guy that, you know, I had a lot of friends in the past and I think I had a lot of friends because, you know, I never burdened anyone. I never wanted to burden anyone with my problems. Mm -hmm. So, if, you know, if I had family problems and stuff like this, uh, I just never told anybody. I wanted everyone to think I was a, a happy-go-lucky guy, no problems, you know. Anyway, when I got diagnosed with MS, it became more of a challenge not to burden anybody. So yeah. people, you know, they knew I had MS. Oh, are you okay? And I would just act like I was totally fine. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Don't worry about it. But no one would know my legs were feeling like crap or, you know. I do. That's And you're, and you know, and, and from what you've told me, your, um, your symptoms were pretty visible pretty quickly. Yeah. Like, I mean, for the longest time, you know, I knew how to hide the symptoms. You know, I knew how to lean against the wall. I knew how to, you know, I just knew how to hide it. I'm sure everybody could relate to this right here. But what happened was when it was unhideable and it was progressing pretty fast, my legs were going. I just, uh, I knew at this point I was going to burden people by telling them what's going on. And, uh, you know, I didn't want anyone to feel guilty because they weren't helping me enough. And again, the burden aspect, I didn't want to burden anyone. Sure. So I move cities. Wow. That's yeah. pretty extreme, man. Dude, it's more than that. I ghosted everybody. <laughs> I closed every account I had. I started wow. fresh in a new city. Yeah. Yeah. And since when, or when you started fresh, mm -hmm. which, uh, you know, was the new version of Terry with the, with the, the unhideable symptoms and stuff like that. Um, did you have any feelings about being a burden to the new people that you were meeting? Dude, I have met the bestest of people since my diagnosis and my new life. And starting to realize that people in my past, no, there, there was a lot of good people. Mm -hmm. But you just started to realize what good people is all about, what a real friend is. And, uh, you know, I, I met you. you know? <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> And, you know, okay. there's a lot of people I've met, like a lot of people. I can't even, you know. Now, do you think that mm -hmm. you don't feel that, um, you don't have that mindset that, oh, I'm being a burden to these new friends because you're starting out with, hey, I'm Terry, I'm in a wheelchair. Not, I, I'm Terry, I don't have a wheelchair and now I have one. Yeah, I know what you're saying, man, but I'm still very independent or I like to show everyone I'm independent. Sure. So I don't give them a chance to, uh, I don't give myself a chance to feel burdened. Okay. 
you know, even though there's a lot of people that want to help. And I realize that they want to help and they feel good for helping. Mm -hmm. I'm not burdening anyone. Okay. But I'm still that kind of character, you know? Oh, yeah. You're certainly a character. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Thanks. No problem. Your Instagram <laughs> cat videos alone are enough. Oh, my God. Dude, don't even say that, man. I was a dog person. I don't know how I ended up a cat person. Anyway. <laughs> so my friendships were pretty uh, geographic and employment you know, based. So people that live close to me and people that I worked with. Um, I was friendly with a whole bunch of the people that I worked with. But I don't know if we were friends in a sense that um well i'll say this it a lot of those friendships didn't survive the diagnosis once i became a different person and was not able to do the things that i used to do i don't hear from those folks anymore so which was tough were you open with everyone when you got diagnosed did you tell everyone did you tell everyone the truth oh yeah it was it was fairly obvious i I went from, you know, full speed being able to work to not being able to work at all because of my eyesight and my fatigue and, you know, all the other symptoms. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I, everybody, I, I would assume, I, I mean, I guess I, I assumed that everybody knew because I was just not there one day at work anymore. Yeah. So naturally people talk. Mm -hmm. Man, there's and, a saying that I heard a couple of days ago. Mm -hmm. And it really hit me hard because it's the truth, man. Friends are not simply for convenience. Right? That is that is very true. Just seems like if it's convenient enough, I'll be your friend. That's what it seems like it is. Yeah, I've heard of them as um, fair weather friends. You know, when it's bright and sunny and everything's going good, then they'll be your friend. And then when you know, the storm clouds roll in, mm -hmm. they're not, they're not around anymore. Yeah. Makes sense. And then, and it's not, you know, it doesn't mean that they're bad people. It just means that they don't know how to, you know, they don't know how to navigate the, your diagnosis and you changing. They, you know, they like, they like to be friendly with the version of you that they know. Mm -hmm. How about you're not approachable anymore? You know, uh, I've, I've heard that a few times. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know what? And the thing is when you, when you don't do the same things anymore because of the physical limitations that you have, that drives a wedge in between friendships too. Yeah. It's like, it's like, cause I can't drive anymore. I can't drive to people's homes and say hi. And right. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, <sighs> I think, I think a lot of people have this feeling of uh, um, like almost uncomfortableness, like they almost get uncomfortable because they don't know how to not be your friend because, you know, I'm sure they're friendly, but they just don't know how to talk to you as a friend anymore because of this thing, this elephant in the room, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I mean, how many people in your, in your experience they don't know how to they don't know how to talk to you because they don't want to they don't want to mention the wheelchair 
You know what I mean? Like they're like, uh, I'm I'm too afraid that I'll say something about the wheelchair and, yeah, and hurt yeah. his feelings or Yeah. But but they still do indirectly. And I'll tell you why mm -hmm. after. But I mean, I'll tell you now, there's a guy where, you know, it's like a friend. When you when you're with a friend and he's in your home, we're talking to each other, and he always they I feel like they always have to say, you know, I don't see you as a wheelchair. I see you as a person. <laughs> oh geez <laughs> like yeah okay thanks for mentioning that but i get i get what his intention like hey man i see you as a person i don't care about your disability so why mention yeah. it why even tell me that yeah that goes back to the uh you know it's like oh i, I really like your friend uh, you know i don't even notice that you have blue eyes but <laughs> it's like well it's a part of me exactly yeah yeah. So I think I think those things play into friendships hmm. where it's like all these people that you used to hang out with, used to work with, you know, because especially like for somebody like me and you that used to have jobs and do all these activities. You're not doing those anymore. So it just slowly drives a wedge where it's like, oh, we'll have to make time. We'll have to make time. But you're so busy doing the thing that you both don't do together anymore that naturally you just kind of drift apart a little and then a little becomes a lot. Yeah. So, so then you have to what, do what seek out new friends, right? Yeah. Yeah. I know what you're saying, which is why it's, mm -hmm. yeah, it's, that's why it's so important to get connected to a community. Cause you know, I'll, I'll uh, not be too ashamed to admit that very early on in my diagnosis, I felt super alone, uh, very lonely. Yeah. Um, you know, not, not family wise. I definitely had a good family. I definitely have and had a good family support system. Mm -hmm. Just friend wise, it kind of like dropped off after six to eight months. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally, man. I do. I do. Um, oh. yeah. And it changes you as a person too. You, for sure. Your mental thinking changed. Oh yeah, of course. Like, I mean, you weren't the same guy, so. But I got that too. I got that too. Um, again, my I was I was in a car all the time. You know, I was that guy. I was cool. I was, you know, I mean, I am still cool. I hope, but, <laughs> but you know, I was that guy. I was just all over the place, and then now I'm settled, and people say, "Hey, what are you up to today?" And it's like I am home, and I love it. I'm not the person I used to be. Well, I, I still am that guy, but I mean, in, during different activities, you know? Right. Yeah. And those new activities lead to what? New friends, right? Yeah. You, you, whatever you do right now, I mean, if you're in that scenario, you eventually meet people who are in the same scenario. You know what I mean? If you're mm -hmm. a drinker and you're at a bar, you're going to meet other friends that are drinking at a bar. Same thing. I have MS. I, I go to these groups and I meet other MSers and damn, we become family. Yep. You know, and this is my family. Like all these other MSers that understand exactly what I go through and would never judge me because, you know, I have to go to the washroom or, you know, I'm having a brain fog. And I don't know if anyone here notices that I have brain fogs a lot and I only want to be around people I'm comfortable around so yeah brain that's a big one man mm -hmm. when you're when you can't keep up with a conversation in a room full of people 
it's nice to be in a room full of people that go, okay, he's, he's struggling right now. Let's just move on to, let's just keep him going. You know what I mean? Let's just totally. be a little patient. Totally. Totally. So yeah, I don't, I don't want to be all doom and gloom on this episode, but you know, it, it, it there's definitely mm -hmm. in my, in my experience, there was definitely a shift. Um, now, you know, it's not a hundred percent. I didn't lose contact with everybody, but it was a very large number. Um, and it hurts. Yeah. Cause you're like, Oh, I guess I'm, I guess it was not the, all that didn't really matter. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I have people from my past who, you know, will find my account and reach out to me. And I, I feel like I made the right choice from what they say to me, you know, like, Hey, what's going on? What's up with the wheelchair? <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> man, <laughs> I, no comments, man, honestly. So, and they knew I had MS. You know, there's a bunch of people that said that to me. What's up with the wheelchair? I thought you were okay. You know what I mean? And that shit hurts when people say that. Because it's like, did you, oh, yeah. did you think I was faking it? What's going on? I thought you were okay. Yeah, but that's my fault. I always say that's my fault because, again, I never wanted to burden anyone. So right. I just told everyone, I'm okay, I'm okay. What's up with your leg? I'm okay, I'm just tired today. And that's why I got the wheelchair and sat it in my office. I've said this before. Sat in my office for like five years before I was in a chair because I wanted to normalize it to all of my friends. And after five years, it wasn't normal. I didn't feel like I was going to I felt like a bit of shame was going to happen. I I didn't even give anyone the chance of supporting me. I just Oof. vanished. Yikes. Yeah. Mm. But hey. Well, and the thing the thing that people need to remember is that you're still the same person. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you just mm -hmm. in a yep. in a chair, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm a better person. I've grown. I've grown from this. I've learned. I'm more aware. I'm more sensitive, accommodating to others. And I have more self-love now. I take care of myself, you know? I pick the right friends to be around. I don't give people my energy anymore. Well, I try not to. <laughs> that, that right there is one of the keys to survival is... You have to pick the, like you said, like you just said, you have to pick the people you want to put your energy into because you don't have a lot of it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And easier said than done, really. Oh, absolutely. For sure. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard to be an asshole. <laughs> I mean, not many people will say that to me. Well, you seem like it's easy to you, but it's hard. Well, it takes a lot of energy. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Now, do you find that you are now more understanding and compassionate than you used to be Man. when it comes to your new friends? I, it's so normal to be in this body and this, in this shape or whatever I'm going through that I almost feel like everybody's going through the same thing. Mm -hmm. So I am so accommodating. I am, you know, so aware of what other people are going through. And before my diagnosis, I was the most ignorant guy. <laughs> like I saw someone in a wheelchair. I just thought, oh, paraplegic, or maybe he's lazy. 
You know what I mean? I was that guy. And that's that's why I left the city and moved is because I assumed everybody was that guy. Mm. Hence why I lost a lot of weight because I didn't want to be a heavy guy sitting in a chair. I felt like everyone was going to shame me, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's uh that's mm. pretty that's that's pretty uh that's pretty rough there. Yeah. Yeah, I need a lot of therapy, that's for sure. Mine was more internal. Like I was like trying to be alpha dog all the time. I was like, okay, well, I don't think I'm going to be, I can make it to alpha dog level anymore. So I don't know if I'm good enough to be around these people because it's a very, very competitive community. Um, the emergency services is, is very competitive internally. Like you always want to be, you always want to be better than the next guy. You always want to be, be able to do what, one more rep of whatever the exercise is you ever want to so in like the fire service you want to be you want to be able to pull the fire hose faster climb the ladder you know quicker do all these tasks and yeah. you know because that's the nature of the thing is you know everybody wants to push each other to be better so that we can help in the best way possible and when you when you can't do that anymore or at least not to the degree that you once did, you kind of go like, well, I don't, I don't think I'm worthy to be their friend anymore because I can't do all these things. So are these even my people anymore? So, and, uh, do they ever reach out to you when you stop talking? Some do. Okay. Some do. Very few though. Very, very few. I would say, I would say less than 10 people. Mm -hmm. I still talk to them. And I mean, I guess, it's true with anybody who leaves any career that you're not, not going to talk to everybody. I mean, that's, that's pretty universal, but yeah. You know, when you're in a, when you're in an environment where you're putting faith in each other, that you're going to protect each other while you're trying to do the mission, so to speak, the mission, you know, being whatever the call is that you're on. Yeah. Um, and then there's nothing. It's kind of like, Oh, well, how true was who? How true was all that stuff? You know. Yeah. So it takes it takes a while and a lot of thinking to be like you know to think about the fact that the people you were involved with did mean it in the moment, but that's not what you're doing anymore. So they have to they have to approach the friendship all over. It's like starting from zero again. You have to relearn who the person is. Yeah. That's tough, man. It is tough. Yeah. And that's, and that it's whether it's what you were doing, what I was doing, you know, mm. public service or whether you're in car sales or you're a librarian, it doesn't matter. You you have to reset those friendships and a lot of them don't survive. It's just the nature of the thing. And it's not easy resetting friendships, man, because you get mm -hmm. jaded in life and then, yep. you know, your trust is not as strong as it used to be. You know how you used to trust everybody and then it just slows down. Yep. And you're focused on different things. Like they're still focused on what I used to be focused on. Mm -hmm. And now for the last almost last nine years, I've been focused on me and my health and my family. And they're still focused on their stuff plus those other activities. So when you say resetting friendships, you mean resetting friendships with the same friends 
Yeah, the same people. Oh, I was thinking like resetting friendships as in like making new friends and well that too. That too. Okay. Um but when the when I when I'm talking about the the people that I used to work with, yeah, or volunteer with, mm -hmm. um, you really have to start over. I don't even know what to say to that because you know I was in a different. Yeah, I didn't have the. Uh, I wasn't. I I couldn't ghost people. I couldn't move cities. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I had a chance, so I took it. But yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm still. I haven't moved. <laughs> and that so wasn't all healthy. The don't get me wrong. I'm not telling you that was the best move for me, you know? But anyway. Well, I I don't think that extreme of a thing is healthy for everybody. But if it worked for you, and that's what you felt you needed to do, right? Yeah. So do you still keep in contact with people? Do people randomly reach out to you? Yeah. I mean, thanks to, to Facebook and Instagram, sure. Every now and again. Yeah. Um, but it's very like, it's very odd. It's very surface level. You know what I mean? It doesn't go very deep anymore. Like it's like most of it, most of it's just checking in like, oh, hey, how you doing? How you been? Yeah. And that's okay. I don't fault anybody for that. It's it's impossible to maintain all the friendships that you have in your life. And I think, you know, COVID and the pandemic and 2020 I tanked a lot of stuff. Yeah. I'm I tanked a whole lot of stuff. I'm really happy. I, um, I'm not even going to start saying this here, but COVID really helped push a lot of people away as well. Because when I sure. moved cities, I'm still that guy who loves to make friends, who loves to talk to people. And uh, there was a lot I was learning, you know? And uh, anyway, I became friends with a few people I shouldn't have been friends with. Mm -hmm. You know, but, you know, everyone for the most part who I've become friends with here in the city as a new person only knows me as a guy in a wheelchair. Right. So it's a lot easier for me. Right. A lot easier. But because I'm just that guy who's so approachable and loves to talk to people, COVID came, thank God, and gave me a chance to push those people away. You know what I mean? I, a lot of people say the same thing. You know, COVID gave me a chance to to isolate myself again. And then I, I, you know, so I'm not, you know, I, I hate COVID obviously, but there's some good out of it. Yeah. You know, it helped, you know, I mean, COVID seemed more prior prioritized than my MS, you know, yeah. because everybody was going through it. So I could use that as an excuse rather than saying, oh, hey, I can't really hang out, man. I'm tired. And, you know, it's amazing how much you didn't miss. When you couldn't go anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I was the guy doing deliveries, everything. My groceries were getting delivered. You know, everything was delivery. And my neighbor would say, hey, do you need anything? I, I'd like to, you know, I'm getting something from the grocery store. Can I get you milk? And I'd be like, no, I got everything. But hey, if you ever need help, I get stuff delivered here. And you don't look so good today. And you, you might need me to help you get some eggs and you know what I mean? Like people offer me help, but I'm, you know, I set myself up before. Yeah. It's nice to be on the other side for a change. Mm -hmm. Now do you do, do you do any MS specific activities other than the groups that you and I attend? Like, do you do wheelchair basketball? Do you do any of that kind of stuff? I have, I have done wheelchair basketball. 
which is really tough. And uh, before my wheelchair days, because a friend of mine is paraplegic and he used to tell me, hey, why don't you come with me? We'll do some basketball, wheelchair basketball. And I'm like, hey, man, but I'm not in a wheelchair. And he's like, it doesn't matter. A lot of the people there <laughs> are not necessarily in a wheelchair full time. Oh, okay. So I tried it and it's really, really tough. And even if I like to play basketball, it's not the same thing. Sitting in a chair, different perspective, different energy, a little more aggressive. <laughs> yeah, I guess there's more contact. Uh, a little more, yeah. Yeah. Do you have one of the uh, fancy wheelchairs with the wheels kicked out and all? Yeah, they, they supplied it. So there was a bunch of chairs there. They supplied, yeah. And the wheels are really spread out and they tell you to bounce the ball around the wheels. I don't know, man. That's impossible for me. <laughs> Trust me, it's hard. I also did kayaking. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It was not bad. Yeah. There was a program here that helped people go kayaking if you're in a wheelchair. I could transfer easily. But mm -hmm. they still had a system where they didn't want you to transfer yourself. They wanted to transfer for you. And again, this is two years ago. And it took a little head of my ego because I'm like, no, no, I can do it myself. And they were like, no, no, we want to do it for you. So I accepted it and I let them do it for me. And, you know, and I realized this is the life I live now where people have to do stuff for me sometimes. You know, and I have to accept it. It's okay. But I made a lot of friends there too. Now, who was that through? Was that through the MS? Well, I guess you don't call it society up there. Was that uh, MS Canada? Uh, no, it was not. It oh, okay. was uh, a friend of mine that lives nearby saw me, you know, taking my wheelchair to coffee shop, getting, you know, whatever. And uh, she approached me and said, hey, by the way, I volunteer at a kayak center. I don't even know what you call it. A kayak center. I don't know. <laughs> but she's like I volunteer and we do uh, activities for people in wheelchairs and uh, I was like oh cool and she gave me information and yeah I checked it out again my new life right I'm going to say yes to things and do it yeah well that those two sound pretty awesome though the basketball and the, and the wheelchair I mean not the wheelchair the uh, kayaking yeah uh, those two sound pretty exciting uh Kayaking is not my thing, you know, but no, you're not <laughs> a water guy. No, no, I am, man. But, you know, to sit on that thing and just kayak around. I don't know. Is, how is that fun? That's fun for me, man. <laughs> like, I can do that. I get it. I get it. I guess I have yet. I have yet to connect with the, uh, the group out of Philadelphia that has the same thing. It's a whole wheelchair sports club. They do lots of things and it's just been a matter of, I don't have, I haven't found the time yet. Okay. Um, but I definitely want to, that's my next venture. My next venture is to connect with them and to get involved with that kind of stuff because I, you know, we're social animals, so I got to find another crew now yeah. to hang out with. And I think it was a, it was definitely a big positive in the friendship column uh, joining all of the um, support groups up uh, up north, <laughs> yeah, places I don't even know where they are at. Um, but the people are are awesome, and um, there are no there are no online support groups down here. 
you have to, a lot of them are in person and I can't always get to them. Yeah. Um, so that kind of bums me out. Um, because I, I understand, you know, it's hard to get to places too. Like, I mean, I mean, you might be fortunate enough where you can, you know, get to your car, get in the car, go over there. But you know, it's, it's really hard to go to these places where they're all local and, what if you're having a bad bladder day and stuff like that, right? I, I love the online oh, yeah. world. It's changed my life. Oh, sure. Yeah. And that, and that's the thing with friends too. They want to, again, they want to go here. You know, they're meeting here. They want to go there and you want to be a part of it. But there's this, you have to like, okay, mm -hmm. I can't just get in the car and go. I have to say, okay, do I have the meds I need? Do I have the catheter if I need do i have the chairs the tires inflated can i feel my feet can i see you know are my symptoms too bad but i really want to go yeah i really want to be there hanging out so it's funny in when I, I used to be in toronto there was another MSer. we were becoming friends but i don't feel like you know okay you, you know i have ms i know you have ms i know where we have issues but sometimes they don't realize, you know, because I don't want to burden anyone. So even though they know I have MS, I still played it out like I was okay. And I couldn't really go out much. And I think I was avoiding going out because I was having bad days to the point where, you know, I was, uh, I was, uh, how do I put this? They were angry at me because, you know, they showed friendship to me and I didn't show it back. That was the case mm. and i'm like yo man i'm having issues and whatever the case is we stop being friends and it really bittered me up i'm like man even msers don't understand what i go through yeah and that it's it's because we're all different so if you're like oh i have ms but i have no problem driving my car today why can't you get over here it's like well we have different ms buddy yeah yeah that's wrong he that person shouldn't have been that way towards you they no, should have been a lot more yeah, understanding yeah 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 <laughs> it, it I feels just, like that person should have been a little more understanding and compassionate yeah but you yeah. know again i blame myself i say this all the time because i'm the one that played the certain character yes i know mm -hmm. i'm a character but i'm this person that played a certain character and then all of a sudden i change because i'm mm -hmm. burnt out and i don't know how to you know, communicate properly. So that's what happens. And that's what I go through. And so, I, you know, I, all I know is now I'm, I talk, I'm open. Yeah. I tell people what's what, what I'm going through, what I need to do. And uh, yeah, but it's still, it took, a, it's a, a lot. Uh, I can't even talk today. You see this? But it was a challenge <laughs> yeah. to get to, to where I'm at right now with the sure. people around my life. Right now, it was a challenge. It was a good five years of struggling. And what was and what was the key? Communication, right? Oh my God, yeah, man, communication. Being around people that you know accept you. Yep. Being around and telling good people, them honestly. Yeah, yeah. The more vulnerable you are with people, um, the more you open up, you see who the good are around you. Sure. But then that's risk, right? Because you open up and you're risking yourself getting hurt. That's why it's so scary. Mm -hmm. That's why we don't do it. That's why we put on that face and that front and play that character and hide those symptoms. And that's that's why we all do that stuff. It's because 
we have an expectation of ourself of what we want to put forth in the world based on what we think other people are going to want to see from us. Yeah. And it's all garbage. That's exactly what it is. It's all, it's all garbage. You want me to do this? I'll do this for you. You want me to smile? I'll smile. Everyone thinks you're the clown, so you'll be the clown. Yeah. And if you don't want to be the clown anymore, you got to keep being the clown or whatever your role <laughs> is that you put upon yourself. Dude. In a friend, in a friend group. I'm, if I someone sees me not smiling, they're like, what's wrong with you? And right. it really bitters me up. I'm like, oh, sorry, one second. And then I'll just put on a smile. I'm like, is this okay? <laughs> yeah. Like, is this what you want? And that's what's so great about this community is because you can be like, man, I'm burned out today with people. My, I'm, my fatigue level's high. My eye hurts. My leg hurts. You can go ahead and complain. And even if they don't have that symptom, most people are like, yep, I get it. My days suck too. It's amazing because nobody looks at anybody and says, you know, oh, whatever. Or, or you know what I mean? Like everyone understands and there is no mm -hmm. one um, even it's not shaming, but no one even double guesses what you're going through. Right. Even if they don't have that symptom, even if it's not what they struggle with. Yeah. They go, Oh yeah, he's struggling or she's struggling or whatever. Mm -hmm. And they go, Oh man, they're having a really rough day today. Yeah. And then we support each other by saying, just hang in there or, you know, whatever, whatever we got to do to keep each other going. Yeah. 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 We validate each other. That's the whole point. Everybody validates each other, you know? Yep. So when uh, when I meet NMS or in, in whatever, outside of the groups, when I meet one, instant bond, you know? It's like, oh, you have MS? Oh, yeah, sure. I have MS too, yeah. And then we just talk. Then my main thing is always, you know, I start, I go straight to their support. I'm like, do you have support? And if not, oh, I'm dear. like, dude, I'll be your friend because <laughs> I know how important support is to someone. Yep. I... Earlier today, as a matter of fact, I was speaking with someone and they're like, hey, my my nephew uh, just got diagnosed. I was like, well, here, give him all my contact info. <laughs> Dude, I don't even know who this person is. Give him everything that you have for me and, and let's connect. Yeah. Yeah. And I, that's to me, to me, getting plugged into this community is as important as the advancements in the science. Mm hmm. And and they're important, you know. The advancements are very important. Man, I mean, our mental thinking is so important. People think it's all physical, but you know, it really mm -hmm. ruin your mind. And I I know people. I shouldn't even say I know people. I've heard of a a few people that are on the SI list here in Canada, mm -hmm. which is suicide ideation. Yeah, and it's the list, and it's like, wow, that stuff really exists. Mm -hmm. so uh I, I would never want a friend to have that feeling you know i'm fortunate enough not to be in that position yeah it, it there's a ton of factors that go into that and isolation mm -hmm. especially from your friend social group is huge and that what does that lead to in a lot of cases is depression and then it's a then it's a circle it's an it's an echo chamber and one you know goes isolation sadness sadness depression and it goes round and round and and if you don't have friends you know yeah. whether they have ms or not if you don't have that friendship support group then you can get to a bad spot quick oh for sure
for sure it happens yeah yeah that's why mm. we're so compassionate towards you know not even mm -hmm. MSers. when i see somebody struggling in life i'm just so compassionate to them now i will i will say that i have i have always tried to be a helper but i even more so now I'm, I'm like, it, it's cranked up. I'm like, it's same as you. I, I see somebody, I'm like, uh, what do you need? What do you, what can I do? You know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's very important. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um, if someone comes to me and says, I need to use the washroom, I'm mm -hmm. the first to be like, yeah, it's right over there. Let's go. Let's go. And they're like, relax. <laughs> I'm, I need to use it. I don't need to use it now. Now I'm like, oh, okay. Cause I just assumed they're going through what I'm going through. Very accommodating. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. So I know that I know that if you are newly diagnosed uh, with MS or, or new to, you know, trying not to go it alone, like if you're looking for people, uh, I know you can go here in the States, you can go to the uh, MS Society's website and they have local resources, they have local groups, they have all the info um, to, to get you connected to people and I'm sure it's the same up there, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. You go to the MS Canada's website. It used to be called mm -hmm. MS Society of Canada. They switched the name to MS Canada. But okay. yeah, there's many groups for all the regions, and they're all online. So yeah, it's it's huge. And that. Yeah, I encourage uh, people to uh, go to the go to the walks, uh, go to the fundraising events that they have. I mean, not to plug them. <laughs> But it's important and it's the biggest thing that's out there, that's for sure. Yeah. Are you are you more for donations or awareness? Uh I think I lean more towards awareness just because I don't want personally, I don't want uh to people to think that I'm only nice to them because I want their donation. Mm -hmm. If they donate, great, and I encourage them to donate. But I won't lead off with that or really mention it a lot. I'm more of like, let's just let's just talk about it, especially if you don't have any knowledge of how the disease operates, how it progresses, how it can progress. If you don't have any knowledge about it, we can sit and talk about it. And that's why you're a good friend, because you never pressure <laughs> anyone, you know? Because Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I hear you, man. Thanks, Terry. That was a that was a good comment. I appreciate that compliment. Sir. Awesome. I think we leave it there. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's good. I, I want to I want to end on that high note. That was great. Let's do it. Let's get out of here. So thank thanks everybody for sticking around, checking us out. Um, mm -hmm. Terry, the socials again. Yeah, um, please email us, uh, contact us whenever you guys want. Info at forty below com. And we are Instagram. We will populate it. I promise you. <laughs> yep. But you can message us on there if you'd like. And the podcast, other than Spotify, is now available on, uh, you can, it's Google now and it's uh, Amazon Music and it's Audible. We're, 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 we're spreading it out there, Terry. Fantastic. That is awesome. All right, everybody. See you on next episode. All right, guys. Take care.